2: Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boost every single day. Rudo Jesse, coming to you live. Abs are actually off for a day where we actually do a podcast. I guess you do at the rink on abs off days pretty regularly, Jesse. But for me, yeah. it's been a lot of game day podcasts of late. So
1: yeah, And hey, we made the joke last night, but it actually sounds like some of the abs. I don't know if any of the abs players, but... Uh, I think like the altitude crew and stuff. They're at Disneyland today.
2: There you go. And sometimes I, I, we're bang on.
1: <laughs> I hope the play. I hope there's at least like three players there, just because. Just because. I, are do you think like
2: are there players that would actually want to go? Uh
1: yeah. You Did, think? Uh, yeah, I, I think. Uh, I do. Disneyland. Like that's more of just like a we went to Disneyland, like you know what I mean. Like I, I don't think that sure, these, sure. I don't think these dudes are like lining up for the opening gate and you know staying through the fireworks or anything. But uh well, yeah, I'd be willing to bet you can get a couple of them to go on a couple rides and go with some food and just kind of chill.
2: I mean, I was lucky mm-hmm. enough to go both to Disney World and Disneyland multiple times mm-hmm. as a kid, and as a kid, it was great. As an adult, I have virtually no interest.
1: Uh. Disney World, uh, my because we we were the same growing up. Like we went, and my sisters did competitive cheer. Sure, that's where all of that shit is. I will say this: we've been a few times in the last, you know, hand, you know, whatever, how many years we've been older. Disney World, there's a lot of fun shit there for an adult beyond the theme park. the The place like they have more land than Manhattan. So like, there's a lot of yeah, stuff it's, you can find just space. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Disneyland. I'm, I'm definitely with you while it's still, again, I think it's fun that if you're out there, sure. Just say you went to Disneyland, but uh, yeah, Disney world is definitely the more adult friendly one
2: for sure. Fair enough. Fair enough. There's like uh, Disney world is weird, right? Cause it's actually like eight different amusement parks or whatever. Yeah. I would right? say it's,
1: yeah. It's a bunch of different parks and like, 25 resort hotels at this point. It's fucking crazy. They have like a downtown area, all this stuff. It's Disney world really is like its own little city. And so you can find enough shit there to do.
2: Yeah. Disneyland is a bit on its own. They're not too far away as Legoland, I guess, but they're not like connected.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, Like, I don't know again to your point of like, do the players want to go? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it just because here's the other thing. Like, you know this. If you guys, you know, if you went to Disney, like Disney, it, like it's not like a relaxing day. You know what I mean? It's like, exhausting. It is <laughs> exhausting to go to Disney. But, right. It's it's like it's a full day. And like if you're up for that and that's what you're looking for, like, yeah, it can be fun, but yeah, I don't know. Uh I, I do like you know if, if you're looking for like rides and shit, I agree with that comment that I was just up. I think universal. If you're looking for the thrill rides and stuff, yeah, Universal's pretty dope.
2: Pretty, All right, pretty I, dope. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I'm just curious if your average hockey player is like into thrill rides or not.
1: Now, like I know there's that great story from when Brent Burns went, he took his family to Disney World a few summers ago. I mean, this was several summers ago, uh, and kids came up to him like at the magic kingdom. Cause they thought he was part of the pirate. Like he thought they thought he was a character cause he was wearing like a Mickey mouse pirate hat and he's got the hair and the beard and the teeth. And there was a couple people who like came up and asked him for pictures cause they thought he was just like part of Disney world as a pirates of the Caribbean. pirate. <laughs> sure. Sure. And it's like, no, this is all world defenseman, Brent Burns actually. <laughs> and it's just funny. <laughs>
2: Uh, it was, I'm assuming he'd be more recognized now, but years ago, Landy did just like walk down the street in Denver and mm-hmm. like nobody knew who he was.
1: Nobody did. Yeah. You, you'd hope that now after the cup and all of that, that he would get a little bit more.
2: Well, I have it on good authority that, uh, AJ Hayfley just got back from Disneyland himself.
1: So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how it's was true. Disney this morning?
2: <laughs> it's wonderful. Uh, anyway, uh, very quickly, I did want to address this since it's something that Twitter is talking about. Uh, I would take out my mortgage again and bet it all that Kale McCarr will be ready for game one of the playoffs. Yeah.
1: I mean, I don't know if I'm going to bet my mortgage on it just purely out of principle, but <laughs> equally as confident. <laughs> Just throw
0: it out there. That's where the person taking that bet, like kneecapped him in the street or
2: something. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. (laughs) There was some some kerfuffle over the verbiage being used with Kamakar being out indefinitely. That just means that there's no official timeline for
1: Kamakar. Look, we are 10 days, 10 days from game one of the playoffs. All season last year, Jared Bednar was phenomenal. He was great, super chatty, would go on and on about whatever topic you wanted. Anything you asked him, he would expand. Even if you were just looking for a quick little answer, we got to the first practice of the playoffs and nothing about the question asking changed. And Jared went down to two to five word answers for like most things. As the playoffs went on, we got a couple off days. He loosened up a little bit. But that was the first time I really, like, noticed, like, oh, this is... We joke about Angry Nate. Like, this is playoff, Jared. Jared's, like, he's gearing up. Like, he's ready for the playoffs. You are not going to get any information out of him. We're not going to give him to give us anything beyond, don't know, and that little smirk that he likes to give. So just start leveling your expectations for that any and all injuries maintenance days lineups starting goaltenders any of that it's all about to go away for the avs uh i had a couple people be like well did anyone think to ask about playoffs in particular it's like sure i'll ask i'll ask 10 different ways if you'd like it's going to be met with the same answer every single time (laughs) so as as we get closer to the playoffs and any of these question marks come up just understand We'll ask out. We, we always ask every time. We have a really good group in the media room this year. We don't leave stones unturned. Jared's just not going to give much on any of this stuff. You got to read between the lines with, with what he says. And yeah. to, your, to your point, if, if there was a concern about Cale long-term, he would say it's going to be a few months. It's going to be whatever. Him saying no timeline, whatever, they're making sure he's good to go.
0: I did. Uh, uh, I do always really laugh when somebody asks him who's going to start tonight. And he goes, one of them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, Oh no, you'll have right. to wait and see. That's the yeah. other one. You'll have to wait and see. He yeah. started. Uh, Cause Peter Ba is definitely the most forward about like, Oh, is this guy injured? Uh, well he's dealing with something what's he dealing with? Like Peter really will pull at the thread. So it's gotten to the point where anytime someone else asks about injuries, he'll be like, wow, that's a great question. I can't believe Peter didn't think of it. Uh, this is what's going on or, or, you know, or he'll give the same nothing answer. He like takes little jabs at Peter bond now because he just asks so regularly about injuries and lineups and that stuff. But yeah, like you said, the one of them don't know yet. That was always my favorite.
0: Like, Oh, who's going to start tonight? And he'd be like, well, one of them's going to. One of them, yeah. You're like, well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I nice mean, know it's not Eric Johnson. Like, the, okay, he, great. He
1: he tells the other one, too, is, uh, uh, yeah, you'll have to wait and see. Yeah, And then don't know. I don't know. It's like. I haven't yes, decided yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't decided yet. <laughs> is the what, other one, yeah.
2: What was it the other day where he said, yeah, a couple guys are going to be out tonight. <laughs> Yeah. And then uh, wouldn't elaborate on who. Yeah.
1: Wouldn't elaborate on it all. Uh, The Ben Myers call up thing. He was like, we had, we thought we were going to potentially have an emergency call up, but, uh, you know, we ended up not needing it. And someone said, was it injury? And he goes, I'm not going to tell you. And then uh, someone else goes, does it have to do with having a baby? Because Andrew Cogliano's wife is due like any moment. And he goes, I don't know. And one more person guessed. He goes, you guys can keep guessing. I'm not going to tell you even if you get it right. <laughs> and it's just like, okay. <laughs> and so, yeah, that comment that came across, like, we know. We ask. I prompt. We are just as curious as the rest of you guys. It's just th- those are the answers we get.
2: Since we're in this conversation, even if Bednar might not be giving us the info, a handful of dudes traveling with the Avalanche on this road trip where are y'all's expectations at? Do you think they're going to get in a game or two for Josh Manson before the playoffs, for Arturi Lekkanen before the playoffs? Where Where are some of these guys at?
0: I mean, I think Frankie plays, right? Mm-hmm. I would assume so.
1: Like, I'm fully on, expecting Frantzos is
0: in net. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a fair guess.
0: Yeah. I fully Frankie, expect he's, he's going to be the guy in net.
1: Frankie, I- I'd be willing to bet that you get two to three games out of Lekkonen for the end of the season. I'll say anywhere from one to three. So play is one way or another. Right. Manson, oh, I, I'm leaning towards if, if he's close enough to go for game one, just wait till game one. <laughs> uh, Landy, I still, I, I don't
2: know. Good call. Know. They just want to go to Disneyland. True, true, true.
0: I think, oh, yeah. I think getting that last, uh, the last road game in Nashville, uh, if there's still something to play for, is fine. Um, otherwise, Winnipeg and then sit some dudes for game 82.
1: You, yeah. are you, if, if there's nothing left to play for in that game 82, maybe you just send your guys coming back from injury. Hey, <laughs> get Blackie them a game. Manson, yeah, Gabe, go play four minutes. Just like all of you guys go get in a game. We're going to keep all these guys home.
0: To be honest, with the news out of Minnesota today. Yeah, with Eric uh, neck
2: out week to week.
1: Kaprizov back next week, though, yeah?
0: Yeah, but now there goes their best center. Their only impact center. Yeah. um, I, I would probably be using, if, if it's Minnesota or Seattle in round one, I would be using round one to like. Juice up a little bit, <laughs> figure it out a little.
1: I want Seattle for multiple reasons. The only, the only
0: reason I
2: don't want Seattle is because I don't want any more of these 8 p.m. starts. <sighs> That's yeah. true, but the Avs might get stuck with those anyway in the playoffs. I'm I
0: was hoping with the with the, like a Central Time Zone team that that would not happen.
2: I'm sneaking to so... that five o'clock spot. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Well, Nashville was six, right? We got a few six o'clocks. Yeah, I think I think they're... there were seven in Nashville, so that'd be six. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that'd be fine. Could do that.
2: Yeah, we can hope. That'd be great. No, no, issues
0: with that. That's fine. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. I just, this APM stuff, man, is like ruining my life. No one, no one. We have another one tomorrow. Well, like. So, uh, yeah,
1: we're we're in this room already here. The NHL schedule. I know we complain about a lot. I know it's easy to beat up on 14 games last night, 16 games tomorrow
0: for the first time ever
1: zero tonight.
0: So it's good Friday. And apparently this is a thing that they just, they've never played on good. Friday. I don't know. That was the whole thing. The NHL sent out a thing saying, you on in observance of good Friday, we will not be having games on this day. Yeah, I was oh, like, random. how can you call? Yeah. How can you tell me it's a good Friday when there's no fucking hockey on? Well, <laughs> not I, I like just, a bad Friday.
1: The the sixteen games tomorrow know for the first Friday time, <laughs> <laughs> for the first time ever, like that's dope. But I, I just having fourteen zero sixteen is just so weird. And well, then and they're not even staggered well. You no, have was, you have that's where I was going next. Three eight
0: p.m.s and three at like ten and ten thirty Eastern, and you're like, well,
1: why? So Why? It's, it's even worse because you have like seven that start at 7 p.m. Yeah. You, you have one
0: afternoon game.
1: You get one afternoon game, one like late afternoon game. And then a bunch it. of seven o'clock starts. One 730 start. A bunch of eights. And then the abs are the one 830.
0: Yeah, they have the one staggered at the very, very end. And right. there's not even a reason for it. Yeah.
1: Like we're, so, honestly, the the first part of the day, if, if you know, not with this many games, twelve thirty, one, three thirty, four, five thirty. That's great scheduling. That's not. That's great scheduling. I, I mean, in wh- what do you mean? Why is it not?
0: Because I want every half hour, like the entire afternoon. Well, so you I, I, don't I, have. I just, I just said. I, I said. 7. I said
1: for like for like a limited schedule because that's obviously already way too deep into the day. But I'm saying. If you're just looking at those first five games, if you only have those five games, that's great. You don't have any games that are going to be overlapping. But to your point, you don't just have those five games. No, you've got sixteen, and then so it's those, and then six, seven p.m. starts, one seven thirty, and these are all East Eastern time. Two eights, two tens, and a ten thirty. Yeah. The NBA, the NBA
0: did a master class of this earlier this year where they had one Saturday where they had NBA games start at noon and then go all the way until 10 p.m. Eastern with an NBA game starting about every 15 minutes.
1: Yeah. see, that was just I, like
0: – it was I It don't, was a master class of scheduling where you're just
1: – I don't get how you don't do that.
0: All you want to do, if you just want to sit and watch NBA basketball all day, that league is like, cool, we'll let you do that. The NHL is like, no, we're giving you like a two-hour break in there. If go do something else. We want we don't want you to just watch hockey.
1: Well, but but that's not even Dang. where my issue is. I just hate that the five the five by the way, the 530 game is Anaheim, Arizona. Right. You before the 7 when PM you scheduled
0: starts. it, it wasn't gonna be good. So it's right. not like you could try and
1: sell that. And my issue is that at seven o'clock, I'm gonna have six games that all go to the first intermission within three minutes of each other. Yeah, yeah. That to me is where the issue is. Yep you can't have that many games that start at the exact same time. So that means all the breaks are at the exact same time.
2: Yeah.
0: And just... as Chad has mentioned, those games don't even start on time.
2: Yep. Well, the, the national they... ones don't even start within 15 minutes of their scheduled time. Mm.
1: So, so the NHL does send out something in the morning with the actual puck drop time listed. So like I knew that that game a couple of weeks ago was eight fifty two. At morning skate, I knew that was an 852 puck drop, and they do, they drop the puck at 852. But what I find weird about that is why do you publicly list it as 830 right. and then in your media advisory send out 852? You know what time the game, you just told me what time the game's gonna be. Yeah, at, at bare minimum, list it because I also understand. The like seven minutes, where if it's you know seven o'clock and not start and until seven. So at least give me eight forty-five then. Right, like. right, right. That's that's my thing. Because like, yeah, you have anthem and and all that. Like, I get all of that. You, what you're saying is, if you're at the game, be in your seat at seven. I'm fine with that. Be in your seat at eight thirty. Though we're not starting for almost twenty five minutes, that I don't get listed as eight forty-five. Yep.
2: Yeah. Anyway, we can we can get off this uh this rant here. This, this uh, thing that we gripe about constantly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's just there was just too good of an example of it tomorrow for me to not oh, I, bring it up.
0: I was so excited uh for the sixteen schedule and then one, setting a fantasy lineup is impossible. That is not oh, cool. Yeah. Uh and not that it matters, I'm getting rocked, but uh <laughs> Two, two. I mean, just looking at it, I was. I also looked at it and was like, "Come on!" And then you're randomly like, "You're like, well, we're not going to have any games on Good Friday, but somehow Easter is not." You're like, "Right, right." Do it, man.
1: <laughs> That's why I was so confused, and you said that to me like, "Oh, well, it's Good Friday." I was like, "Yeah." It literally, the-, <laughs> the
0: NHL, the NHL sent out the thing this morning, and they were like, "In observance of Good Friday, we have no game schedule.
2: See you on Sunday." What? Huh, see you on Easter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what? <laughs> Anyway, I I did like it better when I was drinking my Athletic Greens to get ready for an afternoon game instead of to recover from a. We didn't even leave the bar until twelve thirty last night. Look, I
1: thought it was closer to
2: twelve forty-five. It might have been, man. Uh, It was so late. Uh, Anyway. Do go get yourself some Athletic Greens, though. It's great for you. They got 75 different vitamins and minerals, a bunch of adaptogens, electrolytes, and other good stuff in there to get you healthy, get your immune system boosted. A bunch of athletes use it as part of their daily workout routines. Tons of good stuff. When you go to athleticgreens.com slash avalanche today to order, I I don't actually use it that much because I'm you know not a very healthy person, as many people are aware. So Jesse, I know, I know you and Hannah are all about it. What's it, what's it like being healthy with athletic greens every day? Do you feel revitalized?
1: Well, see Rudo, as we've all talked about, like, I, I'm not like the pickiest eater, but like Hannah's always on me to get more greens and stuff like that. So what I love about it is one, I, I, I really think it, it tastes fine. I know it's, it's dark green and it scares people off green beverages. It tastes good. I don't mind the taste. And it's literally my full day of fruits and veggies in one cup. So like, I'm like, yep, I'm good. I had my Athletic Greens. I don't need the scoop of green, soggy green beans in the buffet line at <laughs> pregame meals. Um, I really do. I like. It. I I feel like I feel a little bit of a difference after I've had one. I haven't had one today. I was telling you earlier. Rudy, I got a headache. I'm just like yeah. kind of groggy and stuff. Um. I use this reference all the time. I'm not a coffee drinker. So I, I don't get that like boost from a cup of coffee. Have a lot of athletic greens in the morning. It's, I try to make it be one of the first things I do. And I really do feel like it just kind of gets me up, gets me a little bit sharper between the ears. Um, and like I said, my favorite thing about it is it's one glass and I get all my fruits and veggies that I need for a day at once. And I can go back to eating what I want.
2: There you go. Easy to be healthy with one class. Easy one to be healthy. Uh, jump on it. Take control of your health today. Go to athleticgreens.com slash avalanche to order yours today. And when you do, they'll throw in a year's supply of vitamin D as well. So even more good health all the way around with athletic greens. Also, you know, if you're you're a bit of a couch potato, you feel better about it with athletic greens. And then you can go get yourself some Fubo TV so you can actually watch the avalanche every I single day. I used it last
0: night for the first time, man.
2: There you go, easy life. Yeah.
0: yeah, with me, uh, with me at home for the game, I I used Fubo for the first time. It was actually great. Nice. Quality of it was great. I really liked the little DVR, like the built-in DVR on it, was yep. really it was very useful because I did not believe my eyes when I saw Ben Myers scored, and so I was like, "That's got to be a different guy, right?" So I went back and looked and rewatched it, and the, that built-in DVR function is just one of those things for. Somebody like me likes to double check little things really quickly, although that's kind of an important thing. Uh, I really like that.
2: I really, it was very helpful for me. For as much as we complain about the schedule, if with the DVR, y'all don't even have to stay up for the game. You can watch it the next day if you want yep. to when it comes with Fubo. So just one of the many reasons. You can start watching right now with a free seven-day trial. They have over 140 live channels, including sports, shows, movies, and news. Obviously, the most important being Altitude there. You can watch your Avalanche and Nuggets. Jump on, turn it on. It's good to go. Uh, as is going on right now, college hockey. The Now it's the final two of the Frozen Four that we're down to. So Uh, You can catch all of that action, too, if you're into the college hockey scene. Go check it out. Watch the abs on Altitude Sports with Fubo TV. Use the link down in the description of this video to sign up and get 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. All right. Let's get into the actual topic. Oh, yeah. Go ahead.
1: I just wanted to give uh, because we mentioned how late we were at the bar uh, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to uh, Ashley and her husband Jeff. Uh, they hung out at the bar last night. We chatted with them uh, throughout the whole game. Rude, I know you were sitting with them yep. pretty much the entire time, and then they hung out for the entire post game show until almost one a.m. Uh, and you know hung out and chatted and stuff after. Uh, awesome people. I know they they've been to the bar a couple times, but I just wanted to give them a shout out because that was uh, they were real ones for staying there till one a.m. just to just no take kidding. part in all of it. So yeah. Shout out to them. They were great to chat with.
2: Very cool. Um, on today's show, we're we're excluding a couple of people from this conversation. Ooh. You, you, you don't get the cop-outs of saying, we're asking who's the best player in the Colorado Avalanche, but you can't say McKinnon. You can't say Rantanen. You can't say Makar. And for the sake of it, because comparing goalies just isn't really a one-to-one thing, we're not going to do Georgiev either. Who would be the easy answer? Yeah, right. It, it it feels pretty easy to slot him in if you don't exclude him. So you're talking yep. about the best remaining skater on the Colorado Avalanche behind those people. Um, in my opinion, I think there are three guys you can legitimately make cases for. And then maybe a couple more guys down the list that aren't really in that conversation, but maybe could be if things go a certain way. I'd, I'll let you guys pick who we go to first here. AJ, do you want to go? Nope. I I'm want because
0: uh, everybody knows where I'm going to go with it, so I want you to start.
1: Gabe? Mm. Then, I, then I definitely want to know where you're going to go because yeah. no, I don't know he's, where you're going to start. He's
2: so. going top human for sure. Oh, Taves? Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. I mean, well, we'll go with Val first then, since that's the guy you guys didn't come up with.
1: Well, I, th- I mean, I think there's, what, three to five guys that you have this conversation about?
2: I, I mean, I think the, the three front runners are Val, Landy, yeah. and Taves, for
1: yeah. sure. And then I think you can honorable mention a guy like, what, Bo? Mm-hmm. How... Um,
0: uh, are, are we confident that Machushkin is more valuable than Lechynin?
1: Yeah,
2: I today, am. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Long term, we'll see.
0: Why, why? Why wouldn't he be? Definitely not long term. I just mean this
2: year, this season. Yes, how things have gone. I am. I am near certain. Val's a near point per game player, man.
1: Isn't he over a point per game?
2: No, he may may have fallen off in the last couple days. It was like forty three and forty seven or something like. Yeah, I guess it's forty four and forty eight now. Yeah,
1: I was gonna say because I know he was like right at it recently. And I, uh, are you are you
2: digging at the like intangible side of this with Lekkonen, where he's a dude that just plays really well alongside McKinnon and things like that? No, or just generally, I just I just, I, I guess I have a harder time separating the two.
1: Why,
0: um well, because it's like a it's like a physically larger version of the same player um, and especially with Nachushkin with the speed not ever coming back after the ankle this year, it just hasn't returned that burst that that made that that made him that little extra special hasn't gotten there. And his even strength production has been almost non-existent for most of the year. Um, it's really been, uh, and and the the same is true for Lechinen, for the record. Like both of those guys have had really big statistical years for them because they've spent all year on power play one, you know, picking up points here and there next to these monsters that they're that they're playing with. Um, but i guess i i have a really hard time
1: I mean mean only got 15 special power play points
0: so yeah of, of 44 you're, you're that's a, just a decent chunk of them
1: i mean conor McDavid's um, david's over 50 percent of his production on the power play we're not discounting that all that much
0: that's because he has 150 points
1: i know, I know but my but point is, just, you, you said you said of 44 so we're talking percentages here there's yeah, A lot like, of players with much higher, much 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 higher percentage of their points coming on the power play. Yeah, and those Minimum. guys are
0: usually like really really high producing guys, guys that are in the yeah, middle of the your lineup. Don't change that. <laughs> like the the those like middle of your lineup guys, you know, it's just one of those things. Um, <laughs> well, like because I look at like you look at JT Conference got 50 points right now. Yeah, He's got and, – yeah. and he has five power play goals. Valachewski has ten.
1: Yeah. But, but I mean, and, you, you said that his, so, like, his even strength production has been non-existent. Where The majority yeah, I mean, of his points have come in at, at even it's, strength. It's by, okay. – By quite a bit. What do you mean, okay? That's true.
0: Yes. I understood. Like, this is true for basically all players. But, I mean, like, it's just a – it's a big thing buoying his production is – he has a lot of power play points, and okay, I, I disagree, I guess <laughs> okay um, and and that's where and I'm trying to separate Natruskin from Lekinin, and I guess for me, they're they're they've been basically equal I, th- for the abs this year, I have a hard time separating which one was more valuable. I feel like they're the same thing.
1: So I guess let me let me ask a clarifying question on just the topic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Are we talking most valuable or who we think are the the best players? Because I think if you're talking most valuable, then it's Gabe. And this really is like its end of show.
2: Is it? I I mean, I think there's a conversation about best player and we'll get to Gabe in a little bit. I want to finish this conversation first. Um, So the thing is. I hear where you're coming from, and I I understand like mechanically they might be two players that fill the same role, but on a per game basis, Val has just been significantly more productive than in this year.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Even if actually Lekkinen actually has more power play points. Oh, than so Val. he's got 20 so,
1: power play points, yeah.
2: Yeah. It on that basis, I I do think I have to give the nod to Val on that front. Now, if you when you start evaluating contract value and things like that maybe it gets a little bit more murky
0: Uh, i'm not worried i don't care about contracts in this case i'm just talking about which guys have been the most valuable for the apps this year
2: yeah i i think it is val because you're right they do a lot of the same things both of them very very good on the four check i think val probably has the edge on the defensive side not that lecky is bad defensively i think Mm -hmm. val is just genuinely one of the best wingers in the league at playing defense um and all of those things are, are why I have Val as in the race of those three guys for that next best player on the AVS and Lecky, kind of a tear down because they're similar. Oh, you have to kind of go with one of them, and I'm going with Val.
1: Okay, yeah.
2: I mean, I don't
0: feel super strongly about it. I just was curious how you separate yeah, on, them on a,
1: on a they, per game basis because you have to take the injuries into account.
0: Yeah, yep. But it's a big, big advantage for Val.
1: Well, no, no. I, I was, gonna, I was actually going to ask a different question. On a per game basis, do you guys think Val has under or overachieved or right at value for his contract per game? Because the injuries make it definitely feel a little bit shittier in year one. But like, if you're getting what you're getting out of Val game by game, assuming the health isn't a problem next year. I think you feel pretty good about that contract, right?
2: I, I, probably overachieving this year, right? Yeah.
1: I would yeah. Say it's, I'd say he walks the line between great value and overachieving a bit.
0: I'm, I'm nervous about the speed because that was such a big thing for him. That made him, like, it just gave him that little extra push into, oh, he's big, he does all this. Also... If you don't try. plan for it, that guy will fly by you and embarrass you. And that has not existed in he, the last, he's, in just in the last several months. It's not he, there.
1: He's so interesting because Jared just told us the other day that he's actually had several injuries that he's dealt with that we just didn't know about. So I will be really curious on what you're talking about. AJ is if, you know, if, if they yeah. don't go all the way again and he gets a proper off season definitely is, is, is Val and the choosing going to hit camp next year. And us all be like, Oh, <laughs> there's that cross crease, fucking drop your shoulder. And you're yeah, right in the way it, of you. Yeah. Right.
0: That's because that's what I want to see. That's, that's the only thing like long-term that makes me even a little bit nervous about Val, because mm-hmm. year one, I don't know how
2: you feel anything, but thrilled at the decision that you yeah, made, yeah, even, yeah, 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 yeah. even without that. Right. Like, and I get it. Val started this year, unbelievably hot. Before those injuries flared up again, and and picked up a ton of points in that stretch, but especially since mid February, basically Val's production has been remarkably consistent.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Look, this
0: is this is where this is where me just being a nervous Nelly is gonna hurt because a lot of it is is next to. McKinnon.
1: See, but I guess I, so here's why I don't know. Why is that a bad thing?
0: Because right now he's not next to him. And if he opens up the, if he opens up in game one, round one next to McKinnon, I'm good, man, because I think that's how you maximize him. Right. And so that's fine with me. But if he, but when he's been moved next to comfort, not a lot has happened there. And that just is like, Hey, like I just, (laughs) You know, like you need, he needs the, 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 I actually wrote about this a few games ago that uh, I put him in a dud because I didn't have anybody to put there because they played really well. Um, But my, my concern with him is that if he, if he opens up round one, game one next to, and, and this was kind of my concern with picking him as the fourth best skater for the abs is if, if he's the best player on a line, that line has not done much this year. And he's, he has kind of fit more into a natural complimentary role next to one of Colorado's stars or both of them where that's where we've seen him at his absolute best and really yeah. flourish. And when they've got the injuries that they do, they don't have the luxury of necessarily putting him in that position. Right. And um, like, I don't have an issue with how the lineup is right now because of the, the personnel that's available to them, where he's next to Comfer and Rodriguez is next to McKinnon and, and Rantanen. I get why this is happening, and I don't I don't have a strong objection or anything like that. I'm just saying, when when Nichushkin has been a – like, the best player, when you look at that and you say, hey, you've got the eight-year contract, you've got this, you've got that, you're next to JT Comfer, and unfortunately, like, this revolving door of left wings – between uh you know new hook and morgan and you know whatever uh that line just that, that line just really hasn't done a whole lot and even the underlying numbers where Val has been the savior for many years in Colorado now it just hasn't it hasn't been very good and Val is at his best when he's next to McKinnon and next to Ransden, which like that's a good thing. That's what you want. That's yeah. what you're paying for. And when and when they're healthy, this isn't a concern.
1: Right. Well, I was going to say, because um, And me... so, like,
0: even, even if just Lekanen comes back, I think it's you're totally good. Yeah. But what I don't want is for that second line to open up in round one, game one, of Arturi Lekanen, JT Comper, and Balnachushkin. Like, and, please and see, don't I do just, that.
1: I... I Because I, I, I agree with, with a lot of what you just said. and And I think where it doesn't bother me is that, like, I... I know that that's what they... They have Val. They don't need him to go out. I mean, they do right now, to your point, because of the injuries. And, like, be the guy on the line. What I think works so well about Val is he kind of plays that Landy role. Front of the net, below the goal line, hard on the wall, and that dude just forechecks his ass off and generates so many opportunities for guys like Miko, like Nate, that when he's, and, and I'm, I I don't have the charts right in front of me and shit like that to say if this is definitively what he's been doing, but like the way that he plays just doesn't have the same effect when you're winning those puck battles and finding JT comfort with all yeah. the JT comfort. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it is. It's just different when you're looking up, you win that board battle, It's like, oh, there's one of the best players in the world. There's the best defenseman on earth. And then there's a top five winger like uh, ever. Perfect.
2: And and you've segued us perfectly into this Gabe Landeskog conversation on the ice. Off the ice, there's no question, right? That dude's the captain. The intangibles are all there. All the things that happen there. There is zero doubt that Gabe Landeskog is more important than everyone else uh, that we haven't already mentioned to this hockey team. Understand that fully. Mm -hmm. On the ice, though. Is it is it Gabe Lane? Is he the guy that gives you the flexibility in the top six to do all of these things you're talking about with Val? Is is he the cornerstone piece, or is is maybe you know Val starting to approach that level for Colorado?
1: So, AJ alluded to um, Val kind of being like the underlying number savior over these last number of seasons for the ABS. And so I think it is safe to say that yes, you can make the argument he's encroaching on that. But I'm gonna I'm gonna quote Jeff Merrick here from Sportsnet. He's a big Gabe Landeskog guy, like the he, biggest. The he is the biggest <laughs> Gabe Landeskog guy. But he talked about it in the postseason last year about how he said his favorite thing about why he loves Gabe Landeskog so much, and one of his favorite ways that Jared Bednar uses him is he said Gabe Landeskog his, the way what his term was he said Gabe Landeskog is the fixer, whatever line you think might be a little vulnerable, Jared Bednar will stick Gabe Landeskog there, and that's what he'll roll with because he knows that he's not going to you know, burn you, he's not going to make a mistake, whatever. And he referred to in the Stanley Cup final, he, he would play him with you know, injured Nazem Kadri. It, Nazem Kadri isn't 100%. We need him with Gabe Landeskog. That's something that I, I tried to pay attention to that after he started talking about it, and he's right. Gabe is, he's just got this, we're like, and I know he does. I know you can find, but like, he doesn't make mistakes. He's that kind of player. You know what I mean? Where you can roll him out there with anybody and Gabe's going to do what Gabe Landiscock does. I, I really do believe that regardless of who you've got him out there with, Gabe Landiscock kind of has a baseline that he's pretty much always going to get to. And then on top of that, I mean, he's he's a point per game guy, all that stuff. Um, I really do. I I have a hard time not saying Gabe, even when you're talking about on ice results. I, I just think he does. He does a lot of really heavy lifting, surrounded by I- incredibly talented players who get a lot of the spotlight. Um, and 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 I just think that, like I said, there's. There's a lot of heavy lifting that's done behind the scenes. I
2: fully agree. I, if we're really having this conversation, it's it's the behind the scenes stuff that there's no argument that Landy's going to be the most important player here.
1: But. Well, and I guess I more of even mean like just on a line, you know? No, I no, I
2: I agree even there. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm not saying even off the ice, but like in the locker room, being able to fit in on any line and playing a style that's he just makes every line better no matter what.
1: Right, right. Miko, you know, makes the you know three sixty behind the back pass, and Nate dunks at home. But you don't mention that Gabe Landeskog won a ridiculous backchecking yep. board battle fifteen seconds earlier. I think about the breakaway goal that Nate scored against Nashville. I think it was actually in the seventeen eighteen year that first game at home, where he makes that like diving stick lift on Fisher, going up ice. It's like a Back check diving stick lift and then like from the ground funnels it to Nate for a clean breakaway. And it's just like, who makes that play? Like that's ridiculous. Um, and then I know we're not the biggest fight guys, but like he does have that edge where he'll stand up for guys and he'll beat the fuck out of you if he (laughs) so feels it necessary.
2: Definitely has.
1: And, uh, I don't know if I'd call it an edge
0: leadership game, but... role out of Braden Shen. That yeah. year. <laughs> <laughs> like nobody in that locker room like could listen to him until they traded away all the actual guys, because it was like, we saw what happened, man. It,
1: it was that. <laughs> and then the hit on Ryan O'Reilly in game two, it's like, you guys, like, yeah. you can't stop this dude. How do you stop it? Well, and
0: this is, this is the stuff that they're like desperately missing. Right. Like he's, he's that guy that you love, you love what Lekkonen and Natushkin bring for you in terms of the hard work and the skating and the forechecking, the two-way play, all of that. Mm -hmm. But Landeskog does all of those things at a higher level and with more physicality and he brings more skill. Landeskog is just one of those really, really skilled role players that ends up in a top six because he does everything for you. Um, I mean, the guy. If you go and you look at his career, I hate that the injuries have have done this. I know, I know. You're you're talking about a guy that, outside of two seasons in his career, twenty goals every year, just set and forget. You know, you're looking you're looking at thirty assists, thirty assists every year, just just stop as a baseline of as a twenty thirty player, and then realize that over the last four years, has basically been. A point per game guy who's scoring at a higher clip than he ever has, and he has become one of your premier two-way guys. And oh, by the way, he's the only guy in this organization that can win a goddamn face-off with any kind of thing. <laughs> because if yeah. you look, if you look at the last four seasons, he's sitting around, he's taken a ton of face-offs, and he's winning them at a 54% rate.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so he now he's now moved into an even more important role for you because he does that for you as well. Like the guy, the guy is the, the fact, the genuine fact that the abs are sitting in first place
1: seriously right
0: dude. now with a hundred points this on April 7th. And they are on day. They, they are on the cusp of winning another division title. And Gabe Landiscock has given them zero games played is a thing that cannot be driven home enough <laughs> it cannot be reiterated enough how important he is to the team how important he is to on ice off ice everything he is such a huge part of their makeup mm-hmm. and that they've accomplished this without him is extremely impressive and it should scare the ever loving shit out of everybody out west especially the edmonton oilers because you mm-hmm. throw you throw that guy into a lineup with a lekinin and a an Achushkin you're not going to get into that kind of a shootout because those are right. some two-way guys. Those are some two-way guys that can handle themselves and that can, that can actually shut down a little bit of that offense, that can at least live live in that space and there's enough skill where they can score with you. Like, it's just that the guy is, the guy, he individually takes Colorado to a different level just by being in that lineup.
1: So, and then you mentioned the goals and this is, this is one of the smallest side notes about him, but I do just want to mention, cause it's not nothing. You mentioned the goals set and forget. I remember the, I think it was 17, 18, uh, whenever he scored, what do you have like 35 or something? One of those years,
0: 18, 19, he scored
1: 34, 34. Yep. It was that year where he scored a ton of goals in front of the net. And I remember all of us being like, well, you have to be cautious about that kind of production, and Gabe Landeskog has turned into like Joe Pavelski 2.0, where he is like yep. one of the premier net yep. front presence guys, whether it be deflections, finding loose pucks in front, rebounds, causing havoc. Like again, it's 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 a small portion of his game. I don't want to overstate it, but he is a, a one of the NHL's premier net front presence. The presences.
0: element though, when you talk about, totally. you're a team that has uh, Colorado is a shot generation team that doesn't necessarily feast on quality chances all the time. You look at Nathan McKinnon will just throw any puck that he gets on net. He's mm-hmm. comfortable with that. Kale McCarr likes to shoot that wrist shot from out high where he's trying to get it through traffic. He's yeah. trying to pick a spot here. And, you know, Val Nachushkin and Arturi Lekanen are great. They do what they do, and neither one of them are in the same ballpark right. as, as a net, as, in particular, as a net front presence, both with the physicality, but the the ability to tip pucks and just being a just being that physical like i'm not moving
1: you know who's You're probably not the closest me out to of here. probably the closest to gabe on that fronts jt that that dude that dude doesn't no. get enough credit for being a pain in the ass to play against in front of their <laughs> he net get,
0: he gets the shit kicked out of him on a regular basis in front of the net
1: and he's it's got that true. same, he's got that same just blank stare. He gives us in the locker room oh, yeah. the whole time. And it's, I can't, dude, I can't even imagine being a competitor, being in that moment, being so mad at the guy and seeing that look on his face. Yeah. I feel like that would drive you just that alone. Just seeing his like, Oh, you're not even worth my, you're not even worth getting excited over.
0: Well, that's, that's the thing that Logan O'Connor does too, because Logan yeah. O'Connor pisses <laughs> other people off and then they come at him and he's just like, Let's he's the really bright lights hard. in here, this, guys. Like, oh,
2: This conversation is, I think, why we are all so confident in the avalanche going into the playoffs. I get it. Landy will be back when he's back. But even the talks yeah. about Nachushkin getting Lekan back, the mm-hmm. quick mention of JT Comfort casually having a 50-point season this year. Yeah. It, it, there's some depth to this forward core that I'm not going to say the abs are going to get fully healthy again. We're not sure on Landy, but it's looking yeah. like if they can survive this last week of the season, they're going to be just about as healthy as they've been yeah. going into these playoffs run. Um, also, if you were hibernating last night or something in case you missed it, uh, Miko Rantanen did something that an abs player hasn't done in 20 years. And we thought it was pretty cool. So we made a shirt about it. Uh, Miko hitting 50 goals, just the third player in avalanche history to do that. Uh, Joe Sack did it twice. So technically the fourth time it's ever happened, but, uh, you gotta, you gotta get in on moments like this. They don't come around all that often. So the Miko 50 shirt, the moose 50 shirt, I guess I should call it the moose 50 shirt with the antlers on there. Uh, your chance to jump in and and get yourself the 50 shirt today. Uh. Uh, it's it's really pretty cool stuff i i'm usually at a loss of what to say when when avs players do stuff like this because it's just you just get to witness history like it's well, just dope we... hockey players doing dope stuff sorry go ahead
1: no, no no i've i cut you off i don't know why you're apologizing to me i fully talked over you uh it's what we talked about last night scoring is going out of control this year and you're probably going to have five guys that do it out of 700 and whatever 50 is, is a rare thing. Um, yeah. it's, it's, you know, we got to see a Norris trophy winner up close last year. That's super special. Um, and, and you get a, you get a 50 goal score. He's Miko Rantanen has had a special year. We were in the pregame last night and I made kind of like a half joke mention of him pushing for the record. And now suddenly we're sitting here. He's too shy of the record. It's like, well, hell yeah. Get him three more. Like, let's do, let's do this again. <laughs> Uh, it, it's just, it's fun to watch this kind of stuff because it's easy. The internet now has, you have so much information to everything. Nothing is a surprise. You know, when everything happens, but like you do have to take a step back and and appreciate when you're watching something really fun, really special 20 years ago, the last time this happened for the yeah, abs it's been
0: 20 years, like that's a legitimately years. big thing. Like, yeah, I understand if you have an Austin Matthews or an Alex Ovechkin, like a, like a, one of these generational goal scores, you know, when Steven Stamkos early in his career, you're you could kind of get numb to it, where you're like, yeah, that's what he does, you know. Mm-hmm. But even then, you look at how many years did OV only score 35? Damn. You know, where's where's Austin Matthews this year? He not he not following up that 60 goal season with another 60 goal season, right? It turns out it's really hard to do.
1: Well, it's what and, makes Alex and, Ovechkin so insane,
0: and and like this is this is this is the thing that. Like, you should, you should absolutely just cherish what Miko has given them because um, it's easy to be like, oh, in the future, he'll do it again. But, but will he, like, if they're even (laughs) remotely healthy moving forward,
2: they're just not going to lean on him as hard as they have this year. Yeah.
0: Remember, remember that three week stretch where he was the only NHL regular in their top six.
2: Also, the only dude scoring on the entire team, <laughs> like,
0: like there's just Dang, there's seriously. just a world here where this the the he does not do this again uh, because it, it's hard it's very hard to do.
1: Yep, Alex Ovechkin's career is so
0: insane. Yeah, it's so stupid. He's because <laughs> you
1: he, you ask that question and the answer is not very many. <laughs> like, <laughs>
0: like he. I think, I think like the lowest for his career was like, he had like a 34 goal season once. And it was like, that he, was he had a, he had, got a
1: for him. he had a 30, he had 32 goals twice. One was in the lockout shortened year. And then one was in 2010, 2011, 32 goals. That's the worst he's ever, if you don't, Oh no, no, no. Yeah. 32 so, goals. That's the lowest he's ever scored.
2: Look, when you're starting to score the number of goals, that looks like a bowling score. That's when you're you're doing pretty well. Uh. Uh, he had 24
1: in 2020 2021. That was the COVID shortened year.
2: Uh, we are so, brought to you by Volo Sports, by the way, where we can and do have a bowling league with a bunch of the DNVR peeps. So you can jump on that. There's tons of other sports as well, including kickball, soccer, volleyball, softball, cornhole, bocce, basketball, pickleball, bowling, mini golf, flag football, and more. Almost got there. Clean. It's five, close.
1: Bo- 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 Yeah. Uh,
2: But spring leagues close on April 13th. So you got one week to get in, get scheduled, get part of a league, go out there, have some fun on the field. Uh, do it with code DNVR10. You save 10 bucks. Volo has been doing this for years. I'm sure if you come to the bar during this time of year last year, you saw all the Volo people coming in and out from, from events. So they're a pretty big deal. And the coolest part is they play so the kids can play free. The Volo Kids Foundation is a organization that provides free sports camps to kids in each Volo city. So you get to play. The kids get to play. Everybody wins. They have tons of leagues all over the city and the state really. uh, Lodo, Rhino, Uptown, even out to Aurora, Arvada, Inglewood. They got you covered. Tons of other places as well. So go check them out. Uh, Hit up Volo Sports today to get in on the athletics. And then we're brought to you by Shady Rays. Uh, If you want to look good, if you want to uh, avoid headaches by staring into the sun, don't stare into the sun, but also wear Shady Rays. Uh, You can get a ton of different pairs, bunch of different styles. They all look dope, if you ask me. Tons of polarizations. Whatever color you like, they got you covered. ShadyRays.com. When you use code DNVR and you buy two pairs of glasses, you get 50% off. That's essentially buy one to get one free. And the coolest part is if you lose them, they'll replace
1: them in the first 30 days. If you you them, sound like you a replace. robot, so I'll repeat that mm-hmm. for you. If you lose them, they'll replace them for you in the first 30 days. Uh, see that scroll there across the bottom? Go to shadyrays.com. You get 50% off when you buy two or more pairs and use that promo code DNVR. As Rudo, I'm sure, was gonna say, you can either do that or go to their store in Park Meadows. I've been in there. Cool store, like Rudo said, they really do. They just got a lot of cool stuff. Like just Yep. They're 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 fun. Like there's cool. You don't sound like a robot anymore.
2: Good. Good. Thank you for <laughs> for picking that one up for me. Uh Okay, the other conversation that I wanted to get into here, I think we can all agree it's pretty clearly Landy on the forward side. Again, didn't even really get into the conversation of oh yeah, he's the captain and <laughs> does all of those things.
1: I'll I'll say this. I'll I I'll I think Val has the potential to get there if he can come back next year full health and start the season and and have kind of an uninterrupted season. I think he's got the skill set, the frame, things like that, to to truly become like an elite player. Um, but right now, I think AJ put it the best. I, Gabe Landis, I think, does everything that Val and guys like Lekanen do, which they do him great. He does him just as good, and he does a lot of other stuff on top of that. Sorry. And then, on the back
2: end, you have Devon Taves. Another 40-plus point season for him. Arguably the most consistent guy in his own end on this hockey team. Oh, by the way, partners' Kale McCarr plays a ridiculous amount of minutes every single night. Yep. Uh, We've seen the Avs survive this season without Landy. And I think... had Devon missed time, I think we would feel fairly similar to the effect that Gabe Landeskog has in the lineup. Devon very much feels like the guy that brings it all together on the defensive side for Colorado, right? Yes, he's not the captain, all that I understand. But him being in the lineup allows Colorado to do whatever they want with their defensive mm. pairings, basically. AJ, oh. is there a genuine case for him as the fourth best av? I have whatever.
0: I, I do. I do think so because when when McCarr when McCar is healthy and he's in the lineup, you have a top pairing, um, which is just the biggest feather in the cap of an NHL team. Not just to have Kale McCarr, not just to have like one guy there, but to have a pairing that consistently goes out there and just buzzsaws the opposing team every single night. And just just rolls through them, dominates possession, plays in the offensive end the entire night, and just just ruins you. You don't get to play in their end. You don't get to do anything to them defensively. <laughs> you just don't. And with Taves, you know, next to McCarr, he's the perfect partner for Kale McCarr. We've seen we've seen it. Um, and then when we've seen when McCarr has gone out. Taze's level drops a little bit where he's nowhere near as dominant, but then you go and you look at the on-ice results and you look at, okay, well, what are his numbers? What are his numbers next to Sam Girard? They're fantastic. Mm -hmm. What are Sam Girard's numbers next to other players? It depends. Some of them are okay. Some of them aren't very good. Some of them are great. But you look at what are the numbers with Devon Taves? And you go down that lineup, and and you go down. You look at Sam Gerard, You look at Eric Johnson. Eric Eric Johnson is about the only guy that has not been really good with with Devontae. It's like, he he elevates these pairings, and he just plays every other shift. I mean, he's averaging twenty five minutes a night. Yeah he, he he's he's thrown up another forty point season. There's a bit of a letdown from where he's been. <laughs> in In the, his first two years in Colorado, he's been on higher. He's either scored more than that or been on a higher pace in the 56-game season. Like, his goals this year are way down.
1: Yep. So, I don't really have much to add because I think AJ just kind of hit the nail on the head with Taves. But it's something that I said for Gabe that I think is true for Taves as well. He just doesn't make mistakes. To the point that when Taves does make a mistake and it costs the Avs, it's like a topic of discussion on the post-game show. Like, yeah, Taves made a mistake. He made a bad read here. That was, hmm, that was weird to see. <clears throat> He's just so reliable, so steady, makes a lot of really good decisions with the puck. Uh, he, he, again, just kind of like Gabe, where he checks a lot of boxes, a lot of boxes.
2: Yeah, it's he's one of those guys that you run out in any situation and you don't worry about it, right? right? Right. And it's yeah, I do think a lot of the things he does just go so not underappreciated, but maybe unnoticed is a better word at times, how effective he is that it's it's become pretty common knowledge of how good he is at knocking pucks out of midair, but how effective he is at getting pucks off the wall and out of the zone for Colorado, how effective he is at at finding the correct guy on the breakout. Sure. A lot of the time, Kale McCarr can do that for him, but he's also entirely capable of doing those things on his own. And it's part of what makes the Avs defense. So, so ridiculously good is because Kale McCarr, Devon doesn't matter. Both of them will just beat you.
1: There's a maturity that Taves brings as well. That's just kind of like a you know, you hear about that and the ABS aren't a young team in the way that like Anaheim is a young team anymore but the players in the ABS are, you know, their top guys are so elite that I think we can sometimes forget Kale's still a young guy, Nate still a pretty, you know, relatively young guy uh, Miko's still a young guy uh, It's nice that you have a guy like Taves who's in the middle of his prime, maybe a little bit more, you know, buttoned up personality wise, and he plays a big role, right? It's one thing to have guys like Jack Johnson, Eric Johnson as part of your decor to be good, strong veteran leadership. That's true. But I always think back to when Gabe got became the captain of this team, it was because Milon Hayduke went to the coaching staff and said, I'm a fourth liner. A fourth liner can't be your captain. He's not in the trenches. Like he's not, you know, out late in games, trying to score, trying to keep a goal out of your own net. You need a guy like Taves who can be an emotional leader at the top half of that back end. And, and I just, as as amazing as McCarr is, and as much stuff as McCarr probably does for Taves, I, I can't even imagine the, the impact that just playing next to a guy like Devon Taves with that kind of mental maturity not only to the way he conducts himself, but to his game, it has to have done wonders for a guy like Kale.
0: You know, to to build off of that, um, the respect for Devon Taves around the league is so yes. high yes. that yes, yes, yes. I know that I know for a fact, a stone cold fact, that there are defensemen on other teams who have their video coach clip Devon Taves' work. And they break it down, yeah. Because because what he does on a regular basis is so high quality and so high end as a defenseman that other NHL defenders are like, "All right, today I wake up in the NHL and I want to be more like that guy."
1: Yeah,
0: how can I be more like Devontae today?
1: It's the Filipovich uh real that he I think it was during playoffs last year but you do. get that just like four minute Devon tapes, I think there's like two goals in it that he scores. It's mostly just dope shit he does, like away from the puck, and then the clip ends with him skating away with the puck with no one within thirty feet of him. It's like, okay, cool, <laughs> sick. I guess you're just the best dude out here really quietly,
0: literally, uh Dimitri and I just d m Devontae's clips back and forth to each other. Yeah, dude. Throughout the season, as fun stuff happens, it'll be like, "Hey, look at this silly thing that 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 he did tonight."
1: Um, He's just—he's so fun to watch.
2: We're running a little bit long here, so we can be quick about this. But also, did want to mention Bo and Byram. Obviously, not there yet, but I think we can all see the path to him becoming pretty important dude for this hockey team. Uh obviously was in the playoffs last year and, and things like that. It just hasn't been consistently. He hasn't had to be that guy for Colorado. So not there yet with the bow conversation, but yeah. give it two years and we'll see.
1: I mean, dude, so this is another one that I may mention so many times about, like you talk to other people around the league, around hockey, just whatever. And there's an insane amount of respect for uh, the Colorado avalanche it It really is the same thing with Bo. If you talk to folks around the league genuinely, the sentiment is they got two of these guys,
0: yeah. it's it's a lot of when that guy gets the games played to figure it all out and to really like hone the details. And he's not just like wandering around there, wandering around as this unrefined work of art.
2: Just randomly like, doing dope stuff. Yeah. Once
0: once the coaching staff starts to chip away and the video work and all the pieces start to come together and that guy becomes the fully formed adult that he is to become, Yeah. dude, he's gonna be a really big problem. He's gonna be a really, really big problem.
1: And were we... Was that the three of us that were talking the other night that I don't know, do you roll into the playoffs and go Kale, Bo, Sam, Taves and then Manson, Picka, Johnson
2: I, I don't know if they do it permanently but you'll definitely see some of those mix-ups for sure mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, My guess my guess is that they are going to continue to run Taves McCarr, yeah, yeah, Byram Gerard, and then Manson Johnson, EJ specifically.
1: Yeah, no, i, I, I I'm,
0: Yeah, that's my that's my personal that's my guess. I don't know if that sticks, but I think that's where it
2: starts.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's a safe bet. Uh, okay,
2: we do have one super chat to get to here. five dollars from miss truly who says how psyched are you to be covering the abs in this era it's i i said this the other day on twitter but like it's not even fair man like any if i'm having a like hard day i go oh yeah i get to cover nathan mckinnon for a living this is dope
0: <laughs> yeah fuck, I, mean, I don't know nathan
1: mckinnon was on that team that first year that i was a part of this That 48 point year that felt way less fun
0: you uh, you look around like I I look at what it what it's been like to be an abs fan for 30 years and I look at what it's been like just obviously my situation uh, what it's been like to be a Winnipeg Jets fan <laughs> where like what jerseys do you retire you know like who are your all-time greats there how long has it been since some of those guys have been there where's the era you know they they won a lottery and got Patrick Laine and what did they do with it like it's tough and there's and it's not just the jets there's 10 of these franchises out there that just what do you do like you just keep existing and you keep, you keep keep trying and you keep trying to do these, keep trying to do it right. And you just keep trying to get lucky with the great player here, a great player, there, a great, a great era where you're really competitive on a consistent basis. Like the abs, the the, the the Avs might win their third straight division title. And there are, there are teams out there that are looking at three banners like that going, God, it'd be nice to have three banners in our mm-hmm. building.
2: Yep.
0: You know, like they, like, how lucky are we to get to cover this era of the abs? Just how lucky have, have the, the abs have been since they moved to Denver. One of the premier organizations in the NHL, they had a, they had a decade where they were, they were obviously in a down cycle, but the up cycles have been so high. They have three Stanley cups. I mean, good Lord. They've got, they've got the NHL, they've got an NHL attendance record, They've got an NHL record for division uh, consecutive division titles. Like, uh, they've, they, how many Hall of Famers have passed through the, you know, between Joe Sackick, Patrick Waugh, and Peter Forsberg? We never thought we would see an era like that. And now there are people having legitimate conversations on Twitter last night as Nathan McKinnon surpassed Peter Forsberg as an all-time great F. And yep. you can have the conversation! Right. It's not even a crazy thing anymore! It used to be like, girl, come on, let's maybe, let, mm, don't, don't know about this. Those guys are kind of untouchable. They're not now. Mm-hmm. Like this, this era, you look at, you look at Miko, you look at McKinnon, and you look at Kale McCarr, you know, maybe Bowen Byram someday, but you look at those three guys and you're talking about three very likely Hall of Fame players. Yeah. And, and yeah. to be honest with you, it's really, really easy to project forward and say, they probably win another Stanley Cup as a group. Yep. They just uh, probably you, do because it's so hope, hard yeah. to get this caliber of talent together. It's hard to get it together. It's hard to keep it's, you know, so on and so forth. But like, there's a, a lot pretty, of those like,
2: core pieces locked up for at least a handful of years. Yeah.
0: Come like the, you've, you're talking about, you have a real shot at making the, making the most of this thing. You've already won the one. It honestly felt like they won it early in the cycle. Mm-hmm. We were, we, everybody in Colorado was desperate for it to happen, but you do. We were talking about earlier, how, how young are some of these guys still? You're still talking about, you're, you're still 10 years away from worrying about what Kale McCarr's aging curve looks like.
2: Funnily enough, Jesse and I were talking about this before the show,
1: before you jumped on. <laughs> uh, Well, and, and the, the, the fun part for me about, you know, what you were just mentioning there, AJ, about since the Avs moved to Denver, how, uh <clears throat> just how how exciting it's been at different points. And what I do like about it is the team moves here ready to compete, right? They, all the heavy lifting was done in, in, in Quebec. But then, like, you did. You did have to watch the Avs go through that. And they had to start from scratch and they had to build, Mm -hmm. you know, now a champion from nothing. And, and they, they hit on draft picks in the first round. And that always helps getting Nathan McKinnon first overall always helps.
2: Yeah, but they got it right. They got it right. Your
1: job. Yeah, (laughs) but they got it right. The, 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 the easy pick that year would have been Seth Jones. You needed a defenseman. He was the number one, you know, uh, consensus pick all year long you 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 made the right pick, kale McCarr falls to four, and really, had you passed on him, I don't think many people would have batted an eye in the moment. You did your homework, you took the right guy. you get Miko Ranton in at ten like they did a lot of things and 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 they've built the team it, it's been fun to watch the full cycle right for them to come in as its elite group I mean hit. The, the rockiest of, of rock bottoms in the 48 point season. And then in-house build this all back up. It's just been, it, it's, it's been a blast to watch and it's been such a fun payoff to be able to watch like, you know, on behalf of the team. Cause like, this is remarkable success. It's it's really fun to watch them, you know, go through it. And I think, you know, I talked about this with my mom last summer, it makes when they finally do win a little bit sweeter that like yeah we sat through that we watched missed, we I watched that 80 right, we 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 watched those that 48 point season AJ you and I watched all 82 of those games and we had to talk about them yeah and and it was brutal that that wasn't a fun job like people oh you get to watch hockey it's like no this is literally terrible. Like this isn't fun. And you get through that stuff and that's what makes being able to you know be lucky enough to spend every day around a team like this that much better is whew, wasn't always like this and you got to watch we got to watch the evolution of it.
0: Oh and it's really 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 hard to get it right the way that the Avs did. It's not just like, oh well the ads just hit on their top pick. Woo, 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 woo. Like, yeah, there's top there's five top five picks every year. Where are the other teams Hall of Famers?
1: Right. Right.
0: Where's all those other guys? Sasha Barkov's a great player.
2: Where's well, Florida? But, and that's yeah, you look at Edmonton. They've hit on those top picks and what have they done with it? Not gotten to where Colorado is. Uh We do need to wrap up the show, though. Uh, We are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery. We love them over here. Go get yourself some Breck breweries. the Breck Beer Locator online to find it near you. Uh, We will be back both games this weekend. So subscribe to the DNVR YouTube channel. You know you can find us here pregame, postgame. Watch along if the Nuggets aren't playing. Uh, We appreciate all y'all hanging out for this conversation. Maybe we'll make a a poll on on Twitter and you guys can vote on who you think should fill those spots. Uh, We'll talk to you on the next one, I guess.